Hi there. Hello. Hi. You know, it's been a while since we've talked to our next guest. It has been, indeed. He, he used to be a semi-regular, and then you said something that pissed him no, off. No, I did not. Stop blaming me for and now, everything. And now how ironic is it that something you tweeted pissed him off so much that we had to get him at, back on the show? It's always nice to talk it's like, to him. It's like a perfect circle. And his last name is not Barry. Good band. No, his last name is not Barry. No, and he did. Nick did ask him if he's ever been called Bar 2 d 2 Yeah, and he said because he was a child of the 70s, yes. Oh, he's a Gen Xer. Well, yeah. Can't you tell by how smart he is? Mm-hmm. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi, kids. How's it going? Good, man. Very how are good. You? It's our old buddy Dave Bartu from the wilderness of Northwestern <laughs> America. Yep, yep, yep. It's been uh, it's been far too long. It's been far too long. And then you know, Josh and I had a little bit of a, a Twitter exchange, and people seemed to like it. And then he asked me to to come on and. And maybe of address points of view. Yeah, it didn't even. It's not even like we had an exchange. You quote tweeted me, and then my mention filled with garbage for the next twenty four <laughs> hours. Is what happened, Dave? You know, I mean, garbage take, garbage response. Oh. Right? <laughs> so you know, but hey, 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 hey! Before we go into yeah your take and your questions of me, I, I think maybe we should preface to all the listeners because it's been a long time since i've been on i mean yeah. i was on for a lot i think you idiots even let me host the whole show one time yes you here in oregon did. Right? Mm-hmm. cool you did. um but a lot of things have changed for me since then yes. what i do in college football and now in the nfl is vastly different than now, a little bit ago so, now originally you were you're uh-huh. you're the man behind the matrix which was really kind of our on this grum our first foray into analytics. It was. You're right. It yes. really was. I mean, it, just as analytics was starting to get some more popularity, it, it had been in baseball, and it started to branch into football. Dave was kind of our gateway into that. But now, Dave, the Matrix has, well, just like the Matrix does, it expands and, nice. it, and it bleeds it into other universes and it right? evolves. It, it, yeah, it, it evolves. And what we've evolved into we evolved into staffing in college football. We, re- we really didn't see a, a quality need for analytics on the field in-game. Football moves too fast. Everything you see on TV, I don't buy most of it. Okay? It's just, it's just not quantifiable, the speed at which college football moves and everything like ESPN says when you're watching the game. So we went off-field. And so we started working on analytics in coaching. And now our database is over 16,000 coaches since 2010. We have everybody graded you could think of in college football. And so we started working with programs in college football on that. Then the NFL caught on to it. If you haven't noticed, this year, a lot of stuff moving from college to the NFL. Mm -hmm. And then we're also correlating college coaching grades to the draft and how good guys perform based on their college coaching. So as you can imagine, NFL is very interested in that. But in spite of most of our focus on coaching, I still love dabbling in the dark arts of scheduling and being a devil's advocate, <laughs> right? And, and so, and so what, what Josh brought up really was a scheduling thing. So mm-hmm. it, 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 my ears popped up. I'm like, oh, scheduling. Let's talk scheduling. Now, my first this – is, this is – I love telling this story because this is my first time a college football program ever reached out to me. It was a Big Ten program, too. They reached out to me about scheduling because so I'd been tweeting a lot about scheduling and I'd worked with a lot of SEC teams uh, on concepts, but it, uh, I was on spring break. I was at my mom and dad's house, right? And it was in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you're talking between somewhere between like 
Scott's Bluff and Crawford, right? I mean, way out there. And I got up in the morning, and I was all out of limes. And how can I have a gin, gin and tonic without limes? So I had to walk across <laughs> the footbridge, cross the river, over to the store and get limes. As I'm coming back, my phone rings. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. You know, I rarely get reception. I answer it. Boom. I'm on, I'm on a conference call with an AD and a Big Ten staff. And they didn't want to schedule tough. The AD wanted a home and home with LSU. And now this was a program that was trying to rebuild itself. And my simple thing was, do you want to go eight and four while losing to LSU or beat somebody like Louisiana Valley School of Dentistry, go nine and three, have some top 25 games in November and get some momentum? So my, my position won out. They ended up the year that they would have played LSU. LSU beat the bejesus out of Syracuse. That program went top 25. They went nine and three. They would. They had two top 25 games. They finished in the top 25. They haven't finished. I don't think they've finished outside the top 25 since then. So scheduling has always been of real interest to me. So that's kind of you know when we go get to Josh's question, that's that's kind of my background on it. It's been over a decade that I worked on it. Now I also talked, told you about my my my, my devil's advocate stuff, right? Devil's advocate. Did I ever tell you the uh, story about? Uh, Nick Saban, Brett Bielema, and Rich Rod? No. All right. So they all walk into a bar. No, I'm kidding. But I got in the middle of it, right? And this was several years ago, obviously. Brett was at Arkansas. Nick was still at Alabama, and Rich Rod was at was Arizona. And this was that pace of play thing, right? Yes. Uh, you know, and, and the argument was, oh, well, if you run more plays, you, you get more injury, right? Well, mm-hmm. A, that's a stupid argument because if you reverse engineer it, it basically says you shouldn't run plays or play football because you get hurt, right? So that's silly. But I started looking at it, and I said, okay, that's not a level playing field. So I took 10 years of injury data, and I looked at all of it every year for 10 years. And do you know which conference have the highest rate of starts lost to injury? SEC. Okay. For 10 consecutive years. Highest rate of starts lost to injury for 10 consecutive years. Do you know which was the biggest conference by weight for 10 consecutive years? SEC. SEC. Oh, my gosh. So you're telling me that the big guys hurt each other a lot, more than the littler guys, right? Well, okay, who's number two? Guess who was number two in injury per snap for 10 consecutive years? Big 10. Big 10. And guess who was number two in injury in weight for 10 consecutive years? B1G. Big 10. ACC was number three right across the board. Pac-12, number four right across the board, right? The Big 12, the fast conference full of little guys. Least number of starts lost to injury per play, right? And how that happened for 10 straight years, but something changed. Something changed. And what changed was the Big 10 went to nine conference games. Guess over the last five years which conference leads college football in starts lost to injury per snap over the last five years. Big 10. Big 10. Whoa. Shocking. Right? But let's take it a step further. I also looked at the group of five. Did you know that starts lost per snap at the group of five level over those 10 years was three times less than the power five? Three times less. Mm. The NFL starts lost to injury career or, or seasons lost to injury was 300 percent more at the nfl level it is like it's a rule of 300 it's a 3x rule 
NFL, you're going to get hurt three times as much as Power 5, which is three times worse than D5. This is why FCS and Division 2 can get away with a 64-128 team playoff. They're little guys who don't get hurt, right? So you start adding these games up. Now we're going to go to a playoff, 13, 14, 15. You're going to have some, some team is going to have to play up to 17 games to win a national title now. 17 games. Dude, that's a lot of football games. Yes, it right? is. So you, you start looking at it that way. And so I think one of the things you have to look at when you're looking at scheduling, which is part of Josh's question and comment, was the physicality index of it. You know, now you guys, we, we we're, we're kind of new into it. I got a question for you guys. Do you guys think that now recruiting is re, has remained pretty steady for everybody, right? Georgia one, Alabama two, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it hasn't changed right? dramatically, no. Right, it hasn't changed dramatically. But do you feel that the depth has been hurt through the new free agency now? You're, you're just that you're, you like recruit as well, but your depth just isn't there. Kind of levels the playing field a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Yeah, both of you? No, yes, no? I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. We're just so early into the process that I haven't been able to totally wrap my arms around it. Right, right. But given the idea of a physicality index, right, and less depth, the tougher the games you play, the more hurt you're going to get, right? I mean, if, 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 if Nebraska played 12 Big Ten games, they're going to be significantly more hurt and injured going into a Big 12, Big 10 championship game or a playoff game mm-hmm. than if they played five Big 10 games and seven non-conference ones, right? Especially if the seven non-conference are quote-unquote cupcakes. So one of the things we've got to look for is now we're not going 12-0, 13-0. We've got to go 16 games. We've got to go 17 games. Unless you believe that Nebraska is never going to get to the playoffs. If you only care about the first 12, then who cares about the rest of it, right? But I think you guys – all want to see Nebraska in the playoffs and contending again, don't you? That's what you expect. And that was the point that Matt Rule was making to Tom Chattel. This wasn't about a, we're trying to build a program, we just want to rack up you know, easy wins. This was more about positioning for Nebraska, what they hope to be a future playoff appearance. Right, right, right. So, and, and that's, you know, and, and so then you start looking at games, because I saw, I saw Josh was like, oh, what about some exciting non-conference games, right? Now, the difficulty in the non-conference games in September is that teams get crappy after four years, right? You may schedule Baylor top 25 today, but they're three and nine the next year, right? You could schedule national champion Texas and they go five and seven the next year, right? You can schedule Washington and Chris Peterson. Five years later, Jimmy Lake has them out of a bowl, right? So trying to schedule good games in advance is nearly impossible, Number one. Number two, strength of schedule, now that there's nine conference games for just about everybody, strength of schedule doesn't mean anything, right? It's for seeding purposes later on, but you cannot control it at all. So that makes it difficult. And, you know, really when it comes down to it, you don't remember the schedule, right? You don't, you don't remember the schedule. I mean, Josh, how old are you now? I am 35. 35? So you don't even remember... Nebraska 94, 95, 97 title. Student. I remember the 97 one, but that's it. 90, okay, okay, okay. That but, sucks. John, I know you remember. Right? I remember. He's 100 years old. Of course he's not 100 years old. How about 94 where they beat Miami just to a pulp? Yes. Right? Yes. It was uh, the right? famous, you know, the Miami's down on a knee, gassed. Oh Warren God, Sapp, right? Hall of Famer, down on a knee, yeah. gassed. Do you remember who they beat last that year? 
who Nebraska beat? Yeah, do you remember they beat Miami, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they beat Oklahoma, right? Yes. And and those are the only two top 25 recruiters they played that entire year, right? They only had seven conference games. They played Pacific. They played an FBS or a, a G5 West Virginia, right? They had five non-conference games, and they were all Division II, FCS, or G5. But you don't remember because you don't care. You were 13-0, and you won a national title, right? And if you look at 97, 95, 94, Nebraska won three national titles in those years. And in those years, they played a total, grand total, of seven top 25 teams. For Nebraska to win a national title today or anybody, you're going to have to play seven top 25 recruiters in one year. So I know it's really cool to go, God, I want a better schedule. But to get a better schedule, you have to change the way you look at it. You have to look at the whole ball of wax. This isn't 97, 95, 94. This is a battle of attrition. You have injury rates. You have physicality indexes, unlike anything that we've ever seen. And I know it would be fun to have exciting games for four months, September through, through December. But you can't tell me for a minute the greatest game of your life is going to be a playoff game in Lincoln. Can you imagine the playoff game in Lincoln in December? Dude, I will personally crawl naked through broken glass. Don't do that. Don't make that promise. Yeah, yeah. Just come to the game. You don't have to crawl anywhere naked. But but you know what I mean. I mean, Oklahoma, they're going to be like, are are, are, are they drilling for oil in Nebraska? Because, I mean, the Richter scale is going to move. And do you know how you get to that playoff game? You win football games. It doesn't matter who you beat. So, Dave, real quick. It doesn't matter who you beat. So, I I think that – I don't know if you realize, like, John and I agree with you wholeheartedly. We just don't care. We, 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 I am not viewing this, and John is not viewing this through the lens of what will present Nebraska with the easiest opportunity. I want to be entertained, and I want to watch conferences play good out of out of conference okay, games. You, you, so, yeah, we're the guys sitting in the Coliseum. Right, we want to see the Lions go up against my, the Gladiators. My issue is is that I want everybody else to do what I want them to do. It's not that I don't think this is smart because it obviously is. I just hate that this is what we have to do as a sport. But you want to be entertained, yeah? Right. And the most entertaining game you are going to get at Memorial Stadium is going to be a playoff. Yeah, I mean, if they ever get good again, and sure. How, how, and and the only way they get there, right? The only way they get there is 10, 11, or 12 wins. That's the only way, right? I mean, your mm-hmm. average top 11 team for the last 10 years is 11.2 and 1.43. That's your average top 11 team, okay? And there's only been six teams finishing the top 11 of the playoff committee the last 10 years that are 9 and 3. Three of those are the SEC. All right. So you have, if you want that, if you want that entertainment, that ultimate rush, that ultimate high, you want that home game in Memorial Stadium in December. That's what you want. That's what I want. That's what everybody listens. Dave, why can't you? Why can't we want? Why can't we want every conference to have to play one Power Five team or Power Four, whatever we're going to use? Why can't we want that to happen every September for every league? Okay, and again, you're, now you're guessing. What if it's a crappy game? No, but I'm just saying right? at least okay. it's on the schedule. How is how is that? You're you're playing a team that was two and ten. You're playing Vanderbilt. Wow, that's so exciting, dude! Look at your stadium. You fill it up every September playing Bahama School of Dentistry. It doesn't matter, right? And I understand from what your standpoint is like. I want to be entertained all the time, but 
you can't have the rush, or you could. I mean, you could still schedule wicked tough, but look at your national titles. You already have it in Nebraska. None of those schedules are that hard. They weren't, right? You want to believe they were, but they beat two top ten recruiters and won a national title, and that's cool. But we're talking about odds to get to the playoff. The tougher the schedule, the harder it is to get there. The more you're going to get beat up, the harder it is to get there. The more you get beat up, the harder it is to win when you get there because you've suffered too much attrition. This is a situation you cannot have your cake and eat it too and have the expectations. If you want to have a monster 12-game schedule in the regular season, then you need to say, I don't care we go to the playoffs or not. That's what you're saying, right? You can't have it. And I, that Dave, that is, for the record, that is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, I'm, and again, I'm not talking just about this from a Nebraska point of view. Like, I want Alabama to have to play a power team. I want LSU to have to play a power team. I want Oregon. To, I like, mean, yeah, Alabama Texas was an intriguing game why, last year. Why? Yeah. I mean, because we but, like but watching games, Dave, yeah, between I, good teams. I'd rather watch Texas play Alabama crazy. than Alabama play. Dave, Dave you're, you are viewing this obviously through the lens of coaches and programs. Like, I am not though. I know, and if you want set schedules, call the NFL. Well, I, I mean, honestly, homogenized, go to the NFL, watch and that's the what, NFL game, and that's what college football is going to get to. Which is the irony of this is that John and I don't want the sport to move in that direction, and I'm guessing it's going to move in that direction. It may, it may. I think it will. Like, you know something, but careful what you wish for. No, I'm man. not, and I'm not wishing for oh, that. Oh no, 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 we're not wishing for the super Conf, super league. But yeah, I mean, it's probably going to get there. My question for you is this, Dave. Is the is the pull of not having all Power Five schools on your schedule going to be enough to kind of keep this version of college football that we've gotten used to together? Because we're still going to have the power schools that are going to want their cake and eat it too. In other words, they're going to want all the control of the playoff and everything that goes with it, but they still want to just feed the group of five teams enough of a crumb to keep them relevant so that they can still put them on their schedule. Thus they're not playing an all sec or an all big 10 schedule, which is what a lot of people are assuming is going to happen if we get a super league. Right. And if you, and if you do that, see now, let's say you go super league. Guess what? Somebody's got to lose, man. Somebody's got to come in last place. I agree. You know, how, how, how long, you know, you look at the last 10 years of playoff teams. Okay. Last 10 years of playoff teams, uh, minus 2020. So really last nine years, 2020 doesn't count for anything when it comes to college football in my mind. Okay. You look at the final top 11, 87% of those teams came from the top five recruiters in every conference. Yep. 87% came from the top five recruiters. Now, if Big Ten and the SEC say, hey, we're just going to take our football and go away, guess what? All those teams at the bottom end of the recruiting, they are never going to see 500. Right? How many Arkansas, Mississippi State, you know, South Carolina, Michigan State, Washington, UCLA don't care. Right? How many of the how many of the, you know, Minnesota fans? How many of them are going to go? Yeah, I'm cool with four and eight for the rest of my life because we're making a lot of money and it's a cool league. It's not cool, right? And then what's next? Oh, we're going to start drafting guys. Good lord, right? You know, and, and so I who knows where it's going to go? Just yeah. follow the money, right? That's that's usually the obvious one. 
But right now, for what we got, we have this 12-team playoff for the next decade. Uh, and I believe it's no different today than it was before. Actually, I think it's more important to schedule lighter than ever. Because like I said, that physicality index, and the Big Ten is wicked tough. Nebraska is going to, they have five top 15 recruiters in their conference right now. They are going to face at least three of them every single year. And if they get to a conference championship game, that's four. That is more top 25 recruiters in one year without even getting to the playoffs than any Nebraska national championship team ever had to face any individual year. So I get where you're coming from wanting to have that in September, but scheduling it and actually having that team good that year, you're just throwing dart, man. There's just no way you can predict that. So I agree with every coach, specifically with Matt saying about this from the standpoint of goals of the program. Where do you want to go? And, well, it's a choice if you want to make September hard because now we have two paths, right? If you win out, go 12-0, and lose your conference championship game, you can still get in. If you play a tough September and go 0-4, you can run the table and still get in by winning the conference title. You have two paths now. You have choices in scheduling. I just don't agree that it's the right path for a program to pursue an extremely hard schedule because with the playoff committee, there's zero reward for that. The only thing that counts is winning football games. Unless you're Florida State. (laughs) You know? Right? There you go. Well, that's what happens when you pursue the NCAA. That is true. Should have had that that quarterback got hurt, but otherwise. You know, Dave, the uh, the famous stat we always used to talk about back in the day was how no national champion had ever come out of the, what is it, the top 11 mm-hmm. recruiters? Uh, okay. according Or, top, according, 10. or yeah. top 10, according to the matrix, or yeah. your numbers. Um, is that still a fact, or did Michigan break that this or year? Clemson. No, Clemson broke it with Watson. Okay. And Michigan broke it this year again. Um, this is where the free agency has me kind of interested in because we saw a 13.2% drop in overall scoring efficiency in college football this year. Massive drop. I mean, that, that Michigan team would, by the numbers, would just get absolutely thumped by the last 10 national champions. And uh, which probably isn't the case, you know, but I just think there is, you know, with, with the way things have gone, I think there's a little bit more of a leveling of playing field, but still you have to have other things. Uh, you have to have previous year performance. You have to have coaching grades. I mean, Michigan coming in top 10 graded coaching staff, as it has been for the last 22 years, you know, in terms of the national champion. So there's some other factors that we've come up with, but, even still, 24 national champions, only two have recruited outside the high school top 10 for the last four years. Clemson was 12, Michigan was 12, 13 this year. Dave Barr, too, Matrix Analytical. Now he's he's branched out into many other things. By the way, how's uh, how's farm life? Have you gotten a new combine recently? No, no, I don't... I don't do much farming anymore. No don't more farming? Man, you really do no, just adapt no, and change. Don't uh, don't need to do that. Well, that's a, that's farming is the most underappreciated, toughest thing in the world. Oh, speaking of which, I, I saw some ads. You know that, that stupid joke, like farmer wants a wife? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, that is the biggest bunch of crap without watching a second of it. Because I don't know any real farmer that has one second available to do anything but eat, sleep, and farm. That is the biggest crap in the world. Well, then how did that uh, explain my grandparents having all these kids? mm. Oh, well... (laughs) Because they needed help on the farm. That. It was, it was a different I, time. I, I, I could explain how that happened, but when I'm a not man loves a woman, go to do that, John. You're Listen, we've already brother. talked about boners on this show. Merkel's boner. <laughs> Merkel's boner. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, that been staying staying busy with other things. Staying busy with other things. Started working with the NFL Alumni Association on some stuff, but um, in the last sixty days, the number of discussions I've had with. NFL clubs has just been, wow. You want to talk about a group looking for any edge possible? Holy moly. That is an interesting group of people on that side of the fence. Have you, have you talked with at least a representative from every franchise or just a, a select few? Uh, nine. 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 Okay. Nine. About a third of the league. Understand, you got to understand, we just started – it, it took us two years to work on draft data and correlating it with our coaching data. So we just started coming out with this. I mean, this is nine okay. in like six weeks, right? I mean, That's it, 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 it wow. is. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. And it's interesting by position, how much coaching is showing to affect or not affect a player going into the NFL, how ready they are. And it's by position. It's not universally a, a set thing, you have a good coach, you're going to perform well. It really varies depending on the position. So just fascinating stuff all the way around, how we can have a small, very, very tiny, tiny impact in football. If you'd like to add a chapter to that book, I'll I'll give you, I'll drop you this little hint, this little inside knowledge. Mm. If you're Mm -hmm. a tight end and you come from Iowa, you're going to be really good. (laughs) Drop that knowledge on another NFL team next time. That'll that'll sell you some more product. That's a, that's a, that's gonna get it. That's gonna get it. So, well, I I am breaking down. Like I said, I, as I I mentioned, I, I gave you a couple of metrics on top eleven rankings over the last ten years. So I'm gonna be further breaking that down in terms of coaching and recruiting. Blah 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 blah. You know, once I get it all done, I'll let you know, and we could have a whole segment just talking about what do you need to do just to make the playoffs. Record, recruiting, coaching, everything. Because we understand the playoff committee very, very well, as you guys know. Yes, you do. I Mm -hmm. mean, you know, we we, we mod their their behavior was the same every single year, except Florida State. That's what was weird. They went 10 years. They all used the same model. Everything was ranked absolutely. We had never missed a final top 10 ever in the previous nine years, even COVID year. Everything. They all behaved the same until they used the little nuclear button and said, oh, your superstar is hurt. We don't have to rank you there, right? Florida mm-hmm. State, by all purposes, and people forget, that was the – if they were in the playoffs, that was the second-best defense behind Michigan. But, no, all they could do is focus on the quarterback. So, I think Florida State got ripped off, and I do believe the, the playoff committee – I know they have the clause in there to nuke Florida State, but by the behavior of the last nine consecutive playoff committees, they're the only playoff committee that went outside the line to rank somebody what we feel is inappropriately outside the ranking rules, except, of course, they had the injury clause, which they used. Ah, yes. Dave Bartu, Matrix Analytical. Dave, always good to catch up with you. 
It's been too Appreciate long. Appreciate it. You know where I'm at. Don't be a stranger. We won't. And we will definitely catch up when it comes to a get before the season when we talk about the playoff. Because it's going to be a whole new realm, a whole mm-hmm. new frontier with 12 teams and how it's all going to factor in. And now teams are going to be dropping other teams from schedules. And pretty soon Nebraska is going to be playing Lincoln High. And Oh, boy. <laughs> Dave, Dave will be happy. It'll help them pick up dubs, well, though. We've got Nebraska ball on tonight. Aren't you at the Hoosiers? Uh, yes, Nebraska is at the Hoosiers tonight. Yep, 77-74. Did you that? Wait, wow. are, you, are you picking a Nebraska win? I didn't say that. Oh. Oh. Are you picking an Indiana win, or are you just announcing a score without a winner? <laughs> the red team. Um, just depends yeah, on the shade. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going Indiana plus one. Mm. Uh-oh. 77-74. Uh-oh. Sad. Uh, I could see 5238 or something like that. Probably No, Nebraska. not you, Evil Kent. That was Evil Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> David, blessings to you. Thanks. And we'll catch up again. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it, brother. You bet. Dave Bartu of the Matrix. He still has the same spastic energy yes, as he's he does. always had. I yeah. mean, this guy can, I mean, it's almost, the mouth almost moves faster than the mind. He's uh-huh. just. It's I know just, what that's but like. it's but it's fact. I mean, and, eh. and, and let's, well, it, he's not wrong. No, again, as as always with this discussion, and and I wonder if if there was something a little bit missed in the, and not just with Dave, but with you and I and a lot of our you know listeners or people that want to yell on Twitter. It's not that I don't think that this is smart. Um, I think Dave thought he would catch us like, oh, but this is going to help Nebraska. It's like I know. I don't want to watch but that's that. Not though. Our, motiv- our motivation is we want to see games like Alabama, Texas. We is, want to yes. see games like you know Oklahoma, Ohio and, and, State. And I hope that that you know I, I reemphasize one more time: this is not about Nebraska on an island or in a vacuum. This is I want the whole sport to approach it. Like I like this tweet from Ian. For years, I've wanted college football to follow college basketball conference challenge format. Unfortunately, it sounds like we're moving further and further away from that. The smarter move is to do what Dave is saying. I don't like it, though. It's bad for the sport. It's bad for the fans. But again, and this is where I'm I'm a little fuzzy on if Matt Rule is saying this because he's hearing about it from other coaches inside the community. Or from people like Dave, honestly. Or from people like Dave. But when you look again at future conference schedules, the Michigans, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Texases, have, they're still scheduling the same way. There's still some very what we would perceive today to be attractive non-conference games coming up over the next decade. Now, so are, same they with Nebraska, looking, though, are they right? looking at dumping those? Correct, just like Nebraska supposedly is, is. Is the move in the direction of dumping those? Yeah. Or are they going to stick with them? We'll see. Bingo. So, like, that's the thing, right? Like, as of today, Nebraska is still scheduled to play Oklahoma and Tennessee and Arizona and Oklahoma State. Now That is true. They haven't, dumped, up, they haven't canceled any games Correct. Yet. Going out the Shadell column, I, I tend to think that they are going to try to punt on these. Are other schools going to look to do the same? And, and will the Alabama schedule or Ohio State schedule that right now looks very, very difficult and, in my mind, appeasing to me or appealing to me, rather, as a fan, will that change? And then this whole conversation is rendered moot. Are we having a big staring contest right now? Because you don't want to be the first team to start doing this willy-nilly. Like if Georgia came out today and said, hey, you know that series we've got scumming up against? I'm trying to remember who they had. I think Ohio State or something like Uh, that, right? But remember that series we had with Ohio State? Yeah, we're dumping that, and we're dumping the series with uh, you know Florida State, and we're dumping this series. That no one wants to be the first one to do it. Because that will be the team that catches all the flack and provides the cover 
for Nebraska, Oklahoma, Ohio State who follow suit. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're looking at here? It's a great question. Jay's fan writes, did Josh see the moron tweeting him that we need to schedule FCS teams so fans can afford to go to games? I did. I did see that person. Uh, you know what's going to happen when, if this happens? You know what's not going to happen? The price of your ticket going down. Correct. Yeah, I saw someone saying their reasoning was actually different than everybody else's. It was, I want affordable games. I'm like, I mean, and I, 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 realize, understand, I understand I, that too. I realize that there, you know, it, it's a... Um, is it the, is the dynamic pricing scale or a progressive pricing scale where, like, if Nebraska is playing in Ohio State, that ticket price is going to be more expensive than you know a, a, a non-conference game against an FCS school. Yeah, but when you buy season tickets, you're paying for the whole thing in bulk. You're not really paying on a per game. Basis. Yeah, and I guess if you want to buy tickets to go to a individual game, like you can find them cheap out there on the secondary. Sure. Market. But when you're buying season tickets, the price is already set. Yeah. And if Nebraska switches to an all-FCS schedule in the non-conference, not saying they are, I'm just using extreme as an example, your season ticket price ain't going down. Correct. I couldn't agree more. There's some more responses that I want to get to real quick on the other side. Also, uh, you know, they they keep talking about CFP and the future of that. Um, The idea of a number apparently came up today, according to Pete Thamel, that is odd. To me, it's not an odd number of teams, but it is an odd, it is an odd number of teams. It's not an odd number. It's an odd number of teams. Okay, cool. You'll you'll understand. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why. That's no, called a tease. Number boy. Mm-hmm. Sixteen twenty. The zone.